This is Basketball U. On Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Welcome in to a fresh Basketball U pod on the ESPN Chicago app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tyler Rocky. We're with you two times a week talking all things college hoops. And happy net rankings week to everybody as we got our first iteration. In fact, we've gotten our first couple of iterations of the net rankings because these rankings are updated every single day. That's Part of why I love the net rankings, they are important. We've seen it be used as one of the most critical NCAA tournament tools. After all, it does stand for NCAA Evaluation Tool. And I want to go through some of these teams that there's discrepancies with between the net rankings as well as the AP poll. So we'll do that in just a little bit. Also want to go through some of the big matchups today and this week uh, because there are some great games going on even later today, including Illinois and Texas taking battle today. So we will get into that matchup and a lot more as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Tyler Aki underscore. That's at Tyler A-K-I underscore. I'm always tweeting out my college hoops thoughts there. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast where Wherever you get your podcast. That way, it shows up in your feed first thing and tell your college basketball loving friends as well. All right, so let's get into the net rankings here. Really not a ton of surprise in the top four. Um, We have seen, and again, the net rankings have only been around for about five years now. This actually may be the fifth anniversary of the net rankings. Um, and, And those first couple of years, we saw some puzzlers At number one, it was Ohio State, I think, for two or three straight years as the number one team in the net rankings, even though they were ranked in the AP poll somewhere in the the teens and 20s. But looking at the top, let's look at the top four here for the net, because I don't think there's anything too off kilter uh, between the net and the the NCAA AP, AP poll. So Houston at number one. They're also number one in the AP poll. UConn at two. Purdue at three. Tennessee at four. Not a lot to dispute there because after all the, the net rankings, I mean, everyone's favorite four-letter word is back in college basketball. That is quad. Quad ones, quad twos, quad threes, quad fours. But the net really likes you going out, winning on the road, and are really just away from home. And for those that need a refresher here, a quad one victory is any game 0 to 25 at home, 0 to 50 on a neutral site. And these are rankings are, of course, through the net rankings. And 0 to 75 on a on a road game. So if you are you're picking up a quadrant one win if you're going on the road and you beat a top 75 net team. Um you don't really hear a lot of people say much about quad two and quad threes unless they're losses, um, especially quad fours. You're not going to see much uh, stock be put into those unless they're losses. Um, but yeah, Houston, 8-0 right now, 2-0 on neutral sites, 1-0 on the road. Uh, they've got two quad one wins, two quad two wins as well. You look at UConn, right now 3-0 on neutral sites, have yet to play a, a true road game. 2-0 and in quad one, 2-0 and in quad two. That's going to do it for you. That's going to be a big reason why you're going to be a top five team in the net. Purdue right now sitting at 8-0. They are 
4-0 at home, 3-0 on neutral sites, 1-0 on the road, but they have the most quad one victories of any team in college basketball right now at 3-0, also have a quad two victory as well. Now, this is where things get a little bit interesting. Tennessee is 7-1. and one. They are the only team in the top four with a loss. In fact, they're the only team in the top six with a loss right now. And that obviously came early in the season to Colorado. A weird game. Weird game. But it was a quad two game for Tennessee. They are 3-1 and one on neutral sites. And they are 1-0 and oh in quad one games. So really not a lot of... Uh, not a lot of discrepancy there in the top four, I think, if you ask a lot of college basketball fans. Um, now, I want to get into some of this, the discrepancies. Let's start with some of the teams that the net currently is down on, all right? And it's a team that's playing tonight. It is the Texas Longhorns, currently sitting at 6-0. They check in at 12th in the net rankings. However, their AP poll and their Ken Palm numbers right now both sit at 2nd. So why the discrepancy with, with Texas? Well, first of all, you could make a pretty big leap in the net rankings with a win tonight against Illinois, and, and that game being played at a neutral site as well. So that is certainly going to help you because it values those neutral site games being played at Madison Square Garden. Um, I look at Texas as one of the teams early on. Their defense, I mean, you can tell why this is a Chris Beard-led team because of the way that they play defense. Currently third right now in Ken Palm in defensive efficiency. They've hovered around and, and have been number one in, uh, in Ken Palm as well, but I don't really understand how they sit where they sit after a blowout win against Gonzaga earlier this season and a comfortable win against Creighton as well. Um, both of those are quad one victories, and I I just look at this. Actually, no, Creighton would not be a quad one victory because they currently they're a team that I'm going to get to later on. Actually, in the who's too, who they're too high on right now, um, but Texas right now, I, I think that if you start to see them bolster up some things offensively, and again they've played. A, Outside of Gonzaga and Creighton, they really haven't played anybody. They're going to get a couple more non-conference tests before they get into Big 12 play. Tonight being one, and then on December 18th, so about two weeks from now, they'll play against Stanford. And then, of course, you get your your Big 12 SEC Challenge game. That's way down the road. That's January 28th, but that's coming against Tennessee. That's going to be a fantastic game down the road, as long as these two teams are still playing at the rate that they're playing at right now. Um, but Chris Beard's team is always going to predicate itself on defense, and sometimes that doesn't look as glowing to the net rankings. I mean, think about another team that that prides itself on defense right now that's looked like one of the best teams in all of college basketball, and that's Virginia. They're currently sitting at ninth. I wouldn't say that's a huge discrepancy from their AP poll ranking right now, but I look at the some of these teams at the top, and I guess you could say Houston, defensive-minded team, and Tennessee, defensive-minded team, but um, sometimes you need to go out and score points, blow some teams out. That'll bolster your net rankings. Um, and Texas, while they have blown teams out, they've blown out quad four games. And once you start doing it against, uh, like let's say they go out and win by 15 tonight against Illinois, that's not a prediction, but I'm just saying for, for our purposes here, if they go out and, and win by, by 14, 15 points against Illinois tonight, 
it would not shock me to see Texas move into the top, maybe even three in, in, in the net rankings um, because it's a big quad one win. And then it's also putting some style points on there as well. Kind of BCS-ish. Um, but that's not a bad thing when you look at it, I think. And again, the net rankings in December mean very little and can change drastically between now and when the tournament committee actually decides to utilize them when they do, when they get to Selection Sunday. So um, again, yeah, a lot of these teams, like the Texases, the, the Tennessees, the Virginias, the net rankings are more so used for seeding. You'll get into the net, the big net arguments, and you'll hear some bickering about quad ones and quad twos and quad four and quad three losses when we get to March and you're talking about the first four out, the next four out, the last four in, who's going to Dayton, all that stuff. So um, I'm looking forward to, to when we get to that point. But right now, um, I'm just kind of trying to pick out some of the big discrepancies that the net has with uh, Ken Palm and with the AP poll for college basketball. Um, let's go to the next team on this list, and that is the Kansas Jayhawks, who currently sit sixth in the AP poll. However, the net does not look kindly on the Jayhawks right now. Sorry, Danny Zetterman. Um they currently sit 18th. That is a 12-position discrepancy there, one of the larger ones that we're going to actually discuss. Um, I look at Kansas, a team right now, 8-1. and one. Their lone loss came to Tennessee in the battle for Atlantis, so a neutral site, not a bad loss by any stretch. Um, but you look at Kansas' specs right now, 3-1 and one in neutral sites, 1-1 uh, and one in quad one games, 2-0. and oh. Really, the only thing that I think is holding them back right now is that one quad one loss. I'm not worried about Kansas, neither should you. Um, looking at where Kansas sits in Ken Palm, they're currently at 12th right now. Um, and it, it really, it's their offensive efficiency hasn't been... A, at a championship caliber offensive efficiency. Like, if you look back to last year's team, that was a championship caliber offense, as demonstrated by them cutting down the nets. They were sixth in offense, 17th in defense. Usually, championship teams sit top 20 in both, um, a la Kansas last year. This year, they're 22nd in offense, 14th in defense. So, a little better defensively. Um, but this Kansas team has certainly challenged themselves and is going to continue to challenge themselves. Uh, they had the big win against Duke early on in the Champions Classic. Then you go to Atlantis, you take on NC State, Wisconsin, Tennessee. Those are three big-time games. Um, and then most recently, last week, you play Seton Hall. You take care of them handily, beat them by 26, but that's still a power conference team. Now you got Missouri coming up this week. Um, and then next week, it is Indiana. That is going to be an awesome game at the Fog. I believe that's uh, a home-and-home -home matchup between Kansas and Indiana. So the Jayhawks will be traveling to Bloomington in the near future. And then you get into the, the meat of Big 12 play. And then, as part of the Big 12 SEC Challenge, the final iteration of the Big 12 SEC Challenge, might I add, you take on Kentucky. So, and then the Big 12 is obviously going to be challenging throughout when you've got teams like Baylor, Texas, TCU, uh, Texas Tech, West Virginia, some quality opponents sprinkled inside the Big 12 as well. So, Kansas, again, is going to have their opportunities. Don't worry quite yet. Next up, we've got Auburn currently sitting at 11th in the AP poll, but 21st in the net right now. This is one of the more puzzling ones because Auburn is 
currently sitting at 8-0. And usually, when you don't have losses, it's not going to hurt you. 14th right now for Auburn and Ken Palm. That's much closer to where their AP rank is right now. I think when you look at Auburn, it's just the quality of opponents. And you look at some of the games that they played. I mean, they played Northwestern down in, uh, was it Mexico? I believe it was in Mexico. Um, and they beat Northwestern 43-42. to About as ugly of a game as you're going to find. Those are some of the games that you need style points on if you're going to bump your way up through the net. Um, and you just look at some of their other games, like a close call against St. Louis, albeit not a bad slew team. 65-60 to at home for Auburn. But you look at some of the other teams on their schedule so far. George Mason, South Florida, Winthrop, Texas Southern, Bradley, Colgate. Right now, these are teams sitting in the hundreds for the most part, maybe some low 200s in Ken Palm, but no one that's going to really take you over the top. And you look at the net ranking for Auburn right now, and their profile, no quad one wins. So that's going to hurt you. That's really going to bump you down there. And that's why they're sitting at 21st while their AP poll standing is sitting at 11th or Ken Palm at 14th. Next up, we've got Arkansas, one of my favorite teams to watch year after year, led by Eric Musselman. Ninth right now in the AP poll, but you go to the uh, net rankings. They currently sit at 25th right now, 1-1 one one in quad one games for the Razorbacks at the moment. Their Ken Palm right now is 10th, and that's because they have a very strong defense, and their only loss this season came in Maui to Creighton. They also have a victory over San Diego State and a victory over Louisville, as I can't help but laughing as I say that, um, because victories over Louisville are pretty much as good as victories. In fact, they're worse than victories over teams like Fordham and South Dakota State and Troy, and barely better than a victory over San Jose State, all of which Arkansas has in its back pocket right now. So what's the deal with Arkansas? Again, they're actually not going to get many challenges before they get into the SEC. Neutral game against Oklahoma. It's really just going to be take care of business for Arkansas, then get into the SEC and make your hay there because you're going to get to play against Alabama, Auburn, Kentucky. Uh, your Big 12 SEC for, um, for Arkansas is Baylor this season. So that is certainly going to be one of the, the better games of the challenge. And Again, this is an Eric Musselman-led team that, you know, you never really know what you're going to get. Is it going to be an offensive-laden group? Is it going to be a defensive-laden group? We've seen in years past under under the must-bust that um, we've seen defenses that are really good, and we've seen some offenses that are really bad. We've seen it flip, and we know he's going to go to the transfer portal. But over the last three years, you've seen the trend be defense uh, defensive-minded, but you know they're going to play with pace, which is something you don't usually see out of defensive teams. You usually see defensive-minded teams slow the game down and force inefficiencies that way and play some low-scoring games, but not this Arkansas team. They like to fly. They're currently top 40 in tempo right now, so this is a team that's going to get up and down the floor on you, and it, they're, they're fun to watch. Uh, and I talked about them uh, with Kevin Sweeney on a prior episode, getting ready for the uh, um, Maui Invitational uh, with Arkansas. But they've got some really, really strong players, and it's only going to get better for them once Nick Smith starts to get his feet under him. He's played in two games, started one, but he's their five-star freshman. And once he gets going, he'll be he'll be the guy that I think 
is going to start to turn some draft heads. Certainly could be a top 10 pick in this year's NBA draft. Six foot five guard. He's got good size out on that end. So that's the guy to look out for for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Next up, I want to get to Arizona. And they're currently 10th in the AP poll and 26th in the net rankings, despite the fact that they went out and won Maui. And usually that's a pretty good indicator because when you go out and you win Maui, you're going to pick up some good victories along the way. But they're 16th right now in Ken Palm. So you got a 10 AP, a 16 Ken Palm, and a 26 in the net rankings right now, 7-1. and one. It's that loss to Utah right now to open up Pac-12 play. That's probably puzzling. And I think something that also doesn't help as much is that their Maui victories, Cincinnati, San Diego State, and Creighton. San Diego State's a solid win. Creighton, a, a, a good win, I would say, especially on a neutral floor. But that loss to Utah really going to hurt you're, you're standing here. Listen, Utah's not a bad team, and the game was played on the road as well. Let me take a look where Utah is currently. Um, so Utah's actually 19th. That, that's actually a, a big discrepancy there um, in the, for the positive. But Utah currently 19th while they're Ken Palm sitting at 51st right now. Um, so it's not a bad loss in terms of net standings, but you you have to if you really want to elevate and again we're kind of nitpicking here 26 for for Arizona isn't awful but it's not 10th like the AP polls and I'm just trying to pick through some of the discrepancies here Arizona's going to be fine um they're going to challenge themselves a few more times before this thing's all said and done and they get into the true groove of Pac-12 play already with two conference games under their belt they beat Cal and then I mentioned the, the loss to Utah but this weekend's going to be a great game between Arizona and Indiana that game being played on a neutral floor um so I'm looking forward to what that's going to bring uh it's being played out in Vegas so and then a week after that Arizona's got a home game against Tennessee. So a couple challenges before you get into the Pac-12 schedule. But this this Arizona team, I mentioned it earlier, they are going to run on you. They are the highest tempo team in all of the country right now, according to Ken Palm. Number two offense, but the thing that could hold them back is the defense. And that you kind of saw that play out in the Utah game. Allow 81 points, and sometimes the offense shuts off when you go on the road as did in that game, only 66 points for the Wildcats and Tommy Lloyd's team. And that's why um, that's why you're going to run into some stumbles along the way. That's why you may have some trouble against a team like Tennessee. You may have some trouble against a top 15 defense like Indiana has, especially since that game is being played on a neutral floor. So get them out of their element a little bit. You might be able to pull off uh, an upset victory. But again, not going to be a lot of challenges in the Pac-12 once again this year. It's looking like UCLA, and that's about it within the confines of the Pac-12. You got some hovering teams. Like, I mean, I mentioned Utah. that They've got a good net ranking right now. Um, but Oregon isn't the Oregon team that we're used to seeing. They've already suffered a, a couple of bad losses this year. I shouldn't say bad losses. I mean, UC Irvine's a bad loss. Michigan State isn't a great loss. Um, but they've struggled so far. They're a four, four and five basketball team right now that needs to figure a lot of things out on both sides of the ball. So um, that is Arizona right now, currently sitting 10th in the AP, 26th in the net. Moving on here, let's get to Gonzaga, a Zags team that last night pulled out a close one 
against the Kent State Golden Flashes. They finished the game on an 11-0 run. They came close to taking down Baylor the other night as well in a great game, 64-63 at the Pentagon, but they fall to the Baylor Bears. They had that game in their grasp toward the final moments, but Baylor pulling away down the stretch. So, Ken Palm always going to be high on Gonzaga. This Gonzaga team, though, not as defensively sound as we've seen in years past. Um, they pretty much hover in the, the 10 to 15 range defensively. But right now, sitting at 36th in Ken Palm, and that's not going to be a winning recipe for this team. You've seen them go up against a couple of quality defensive teams, and they've resulted in losses. Texas, a team that I've mentioned, very good defensively. Baylor, another team who this year not as good defensively. Um, they're actually sitting 50th in defensive efficiency this year, but they're a hard-nosed team, and Scott Drew knows how to get these guys going in some of these defensive-style matchups. I just don't know how many of these defensive battles you're going to see Gonzaga go out and win. It's going to be tough for them, and... You look at what they've done so far, six and three. I mean, you look at the the history of Gonzaga. There's very few seasons where they actually lose three games. Um, you look at the 2021 where they only lost one game. 2020 they lost two. 2017 they lost two. 2015 they lost three. 2013 they lost three. So already to have three losses, despite the fact that we haven't even hit conference play. Little, little odd for Gonzaga, but this this is a team that I've wondered if they have that gear in them to just turn it on at the end of games. And we saw it in this game. We saw it in the Xavier game, um, in the PK-85. They're going to need that gear at times. And in the past, it's just been a given like, oh, Andrew Nemhard, go get a bucket. Chet Holmgren, get a bucket. Drew Timmy, get a bucket. They don't have that second and third guy, it feels like right now, that's the that bucket getter. So who can get you that clutch basket? I mean, how many times did Jalen Suggs do it too when he was at there for his freshman season? So I still have my questions about Gonzaga. It's why they, I didn't pick them to be a Final Four team this year. And we'll see what happens. But they have a lot of things to figure out. They're going to play against Alabama. I believe that game is in Seattle. Um, so a, a semi-road road game, or no, this game's not in Seattle. Uh, they played in Seattle, I believe, last year. This is actually a semi-away game. This game's being played in Birmingham. Um, so that's really their one last test before, I mean, maybe you call Washington a test, I don't know. But unorthodox 2-3 zone defense, but um, they've got a lot of things to figure out, and Listen, it would not shock me if this is the year we see Gonzaga not win the WCC. Just wouldn't shock me. You've got other teams in there. Same, I mean, the conference isn't as strong as it was last year when you saw really strong performances out of teams like San Francisco um, and, and BYU and, and uh, St. Mary's. But it's not as strong, but neither is Gonzaga. So this is a team that's got a lot to figure out. Lot to figure out, and I, I. This is one of those years where getting punched in the mouth as much as they did in non-conference play may come back to hurt them. Um, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe the WCC being down from what it was a year ago can help them kind of gain some confidence as they get going here. Uh, a couple more that I want to get to 
and, and I'll, I'll make them quick too. Um, Creighton currently 21st in the AP poll, 33rd in the net. Creighton's one of those teams sitting 22nd in Ken Palm right now, but they're on a three-game losing streak, albeit two of those teams very good. Arizona, Texas, both close games. Uh, but a puzzling double-digit loss at home to Nebraska in, in the battle for um, Nebraska supremacy. So Creighton's got uh, a couple things that kind of worry me, and it starts on the defensive end of the ball. Games where they're not shooting the ball well. They don't turn the turn teams over to get those extra possessions. Good rebounding team and, and also a team that does not foul a lot, which is important when you've got a starting five as good as Creighton does. Um, but there's, there's still some things. I, I still believe in them for the long term. I think they'll figure out the shooting. But there are some guys on this team that... You just can't rely on to be three-point shooters. Arthur Kaluma's taken a lot so far this year. Um, just looking at the numbers right now, he's taking the second most, but he's got one of the worst three-point shooting percentages on the team at 24%. Um, Ryan Kalkburner can step out and take it and make it, but he's not going to give you the volume that you like. So it's going to really fall on the shoulders of guys like Trey Alexander, Ryan Nemhard. Baylor Shireman to be guys that are hitting at a 37 or so percent rate if this team wants to really be great. So um, some problems there with Creighton, three-game losing streak, but I think they figure it out before they they continue into Big East play. Next up, Baylor currently sitting at 12th in the AP, but 32nd in the net rankings right now, you look at their profile, they're 2-2 two and two currently in quad one games. They haven't played a quad two or quad three, which I'd imagine is hurting them right now. Um, but Baylor, currently a team that sits 15th in Ken Palm. Their losses to Virginia and then on the road against Marquette. The thing that hurts them, though, that Marquette loss was ugly. Even though it came on the road, ugly, ugly loss. They lose 96-70. to 70. They bounce back with a win against Gonzaga. I'm not worried about Baylor long-term. Their offense has been great, but as I've mentioned with a couple other teams, when the defense isn't where it's used to, to being, like you look at Baylor from the last couple of years, 13th last year, 22nd, 4th the year before, those were those good Baylor teams that were all one seeds or, or would have been one seeds in the case of the COVID year. The defense is... If it steps up, this team is a Final Four caliber team. If it doesn't, this is a team that could lose in, in the second round, not make it to the second weekend. Um, so Baylor certainly has some problems, but I think part of it too is kind of getting some of these younger guys up to speed. Keontae George, talented freshman. Langston Love, a guy who got injured last year. Um, so he's really going through his freshman season right now. Um, there's some guys that are just getting up to speed and you don't have some of those guys from seasons past that you really leaned on. Um, this team could have used Matthew Meyer, I think. And you see him at Illinois right now doing a solid job just as a steadying force for that team, a guy with championship experience. So those are my thoughts on Baylor. I think they're a team that figures it out, but if they don't figure out the defense, which has kind of been Scott Drew's bread and butter, if they don't figure out the defense, they're a team that's certainly susceptible. Kentucky, 16th in the AP poll, 42nd in the net. One of the beautiful things of the net is that it doesn't take into account any sort of history. 
It is literally a formula, and it spits out where your ranking should be right now. So it doesn't care that Kentucky is this traditional power. It will slot them at 42nd in the net right now. Um, The problem for Kentucky right now, they don't have a quad one or quad two victory. 0-1 in quad ones, 0-1 in quad twos. Um, They've picked up all of their wins in quad three and quad four so far this season. Um, looking for them right now in Ken Palm. They are a little bit... Oh, no, they're not down there. I was looking too far down. They're actually fifth in Ken Palm right now. Their losses, blowout to Gonzaga, double overtime, nine-point loss to Michigan State. But you just look at some of the other teams. They played a neutral site game in London against Michigan the other day. Um, Don't think that one had a lot of eyeballs. And then the other teams they've played... Howard, Duquesne, South Carolina State, North Florida, Bellarmine. They're not going to pick up a lot of style points in those games. You play UCLA a week from this Saturday, that's where you can maybe make your move. But you got to go out and win some of these games at a certain point. And we just haven't seen that so far out of Kentucky in some of these bigger games that they've appeared in so far. A um, couple others. San Diego State, 22nd in the... AP 45th in the net, TCU 24th in the AP 81st in the net. TCU's a team, they suffered that early season loss. Um, Let me me look up some of Texas uh, TCU's uh, specs because they're a team that um, I really liked. I think they're a sleeper for the Final Four. They lost to Northwestern State. Um, They've picked up back-to-back solid wins. Neutral side against Iowa and at home against Providence, they won each of those games by 13 points. Also have another power win against California, but Cal's one of the worst teams in the Power Five. That loss to Northwestern State, the thing that's tanking TCU right now and why they sit in the 80s um, is because that is a quad three loss. And you're not going to see many teams with quad three losses sit within the top 50 or so this early in the season in the net. In fact, looking right now at the top 50, only three, four teams have quad three losses that sit in the top 50 of the net rankings. So not going to get the job done that way, but they have rebounded nicely since that game and are also just getting some guys back as well. Um, You saw Mike Miles, um, he was suspended for a couple games because of involvement with an unlicensed agent during the draft process. But now that he's back, um, that's the steadying force for them. He's their point guard. He's their everything. One of the best assist rates in the country. So I'd imagine a lot of that continues once or now that they have, I should say, Mike Miles back in the fold for TCU. A couple other notables that are just way down there. What's happening in the, the ACC right now? You've got Florida State, a team that has been a power within the conference, sitting at 293 right now. They're 1-9. They are 1-9 and nine going up later this week against a team that's been an even bigger power within the conference. But they're sitting at 361. That's the Louisville Cardinals, currently 0-8 with three quad four losses, one quad three loss. It has been ugly for Louisville. It's not going to get better this year. I don't know if it gets better next year either. But they're sitting at 361 out of 363 teams. You don't see a lot of power conference teams sitting in the 300s right now. I only see Cal as the other uh, power five team in the, the bottom outside the top 300, so 
something's something's got to happen down at Louisville. And I, I said leave Kenny Payne on the island in Maui, but this team's got a lot of problems. But somebody has to win this week when Louisville and Florida State match up to get ACC play going. All right. Here are some of the teams that the net is actually higher on than most of the other spots. Some of these teams you may not have even heard of, or you may not have even known had basketball programs. Let's start with the team that's currently sitting fifth, and that is Mississippi State. You look at this Bulldogs team, I, I think they're a, a interesting team because they've started off hot, they're 8-0, and they've beaten teams that have picked up good wins. You look at Marquette, they have the blowout win against... Baylor. You look at Utah, they've got the win against Arizona. Well, Mississippi State is 8-0 so far and have taken down both Marquette and Utah on neutral sites. Um, The rest of their wins really are nothing to write home about, but when you're Mississippi State and you've got a pair of quad one victories and three wins on neutral sites, haven't played a true road game yet, Um, but that's coming up this week actually uh, against Minnesota. Not a great Minnesota team, but again, a chance to pick up a road game, a road victory. So we'll see how they fare in that one. But Mississippi State right now, a team that look out for because they're defensive-minded. And as I mentioned, the net does sometimes favor these defensive-minded teams. They're currently eighth uh, in Ken Palm in defensive efficiency. Um, but they're sitting 23rd in the country right now, but fifth according to the net rankings. Next one, this one isn't a huge discrepancy, but it's a team that, that I think is worth talking about. And that is the Maryland Terrapins, currently sitting 6th in the net, 19th in Ken Palm, 13th in the AP poll. Kevin Willard's done a really nice job. Um, They went out in the Big Ten ACC Challenge and just blew the brakes off of Louisville. I get it. I just crapped on Louisville for a little bit just now, but still going out in a hostile environment, although I don't know how hostile that can be anymore given the the state of affairs down in Louisville, but hey, there's not a whole heck of a lot to do down there. Um, And then you've got the victory over Illinois at home this weekend in Big Ten play. Those are meaningful. And tonight you play a meaningful game on the road against Wisconsin. If you go out and beat this Wisconsin team on the road, taking a look at where Wisconsin is right now in the, the net, currently 77th, so it wouldn't be a quad one victory just outside. But again, these things aren't in the moment. It is end-of-season evaluation. So let's say Wisconsin finds its footing a little bit, works its way into the top 75. All of a sudden, that's a quad one victory. So you you can rack up quad one victories in December, in November. Some of these are going to change where your standings are. Um, but Maryland's a team that not only that has that, but then later this weekend um, goes to a neutral site to take on Tennessee as well, and then next week playing UCLA. So some big games for Maryland coming up. This is a critical four-game stretch if you include that victory over Illinois. And we're going to see – listen, if if Maryland goes 3-1, and one, this is going to be a top-10 team um, in two weeks. You're going to be looking at them as a team with a, a – single-digit number next to their name in the AP polls. And that could be a big reason why right now the net rankings look very highly upon Maryland at the current state. So 8-0, 2-0 in quad ones, 1-0 in quad twos, also have a pair of neutral site and a road victory as well. So all of that goes a long way in the eyes of the net. How about this team, all right? 
probably haven't heard of them. Sam Houston State. Where do they sit right now? Well, according to the NCAA evaluation tool, Sam Houston State is the seventh ranked team in all of college basketball. Now, I'm going to give you five seconds here to guess which conference Sam Houston State plays in. They are out of Huntsville, Texas. Here's your five. Dig deep now. Try to figure out where does Sam Houston State sit in terms of conferences across the country. All right, your time is up. If you guessed the Western Athletic Conference, you are correct. If you guessed anything else, you are not. So, Looking at what they've done so far, they've played three games against non-Division I teams so far. Um, that's why they're 7-1, and one, but those three victories actually don't count in the eyes of, of the, the net and committees. Um, but what they have done is they went out and beat Oklahoma on the road to open up the season. That was a game against the 32nd team in Ken Palm at the time. They went out on the road and beat Utah. So you're looking at a quad one road victory there for Sam Houston. Two and one in quad one games, two and one in road games, two and oh on neutral sites. They haven't played a home game yet, at least one that actually counts in the eyes of the the net. So they're four and one right now, but they have done some impressive stuff. Um, right now, their Ken Palm is sitting at 91. It started the year at 159. Listen, I'm not saying this is a team that is going to go out and wow you. I don't even know if this team is going to make the NCAA tournament, but figured I'd just share the news with you. And they do play at Oklahoma State tonight. So if they pick up that victory, then they're really cooking with something and will start to garner some attention, I think, nationwide. Next up, West Virginia currently sitting 11th in the net. They are receiving votes in the AP poll um, and are 28th in Ken Palm right now. Coming off of a road loss to Xavier, also lost earlier in the season to Purdue at the PK-85. Um, this is a West Virginia team. They're solid. I wouldn't pin them as the 11th ranked team right now. Neutral site win against Florida, but really haven't done anything else outside of that. Um, I'd imagine this net ranking comes down rather quickly. Um, so Utah State's the next team. I'll, I'll rapid fire through these last four here, and then we'll get on out of here. Utah State currently not ranked. They are 44th in, in Ken Palm and 15th in the net. St. Mary's not ranked. 26th in Ken Palm, 16th in the net. Florida Atlantic, not ranked, 56th on Ken Palm, 20th in the net. And Kent State, not ranked, 68th on Ken Palm, 24 in the net there. So not really a whole lot to get into with those four teams. It's, it's kind of wait and see with a lot of them. Some of them, you look at uh, what they're dealing with right now. I mean, none of them have a quad one victory yet. Um so we'll see what happens. Really, if you see teams that are like, hmm, why are they there right now? It's usually because they've done something on the road or on a neutral site or have picked off an interesting quad one victory. That's how you, you earn your keep within the confines of the net rankings. Um, real quick, I just want a, a couple other things here. I, I want to start a segment on, on this show called Done or Dead. Um, because that is what I'm looking at right now with Georgetown. I don't know if you've seen this story, but the Georgetown Hoyas, the once great team now led by one of their greatest players 
in program history in Patrick Ewing. For Wednesday's game against Siena, all D.C. residents can attend the Georgetown game on Wednesday for free. Just show your ID at the box office. Oh, boy. I cannot believe we have seen this team fall as far as we have. In fact, you look at some of the the Big East teams. Some of them have split since, but some of the old Big East, Louisville, dumpster fire right now. Syracuse, trending poorly right now. Georgetown has been in a bad spot for quite some time now. This has been... A a really rough go for Patrick Ewing. He had the miracle Big East championship run a couple years ago to sneak his way into the tournament. Then they were one and done there. Um, but free admission for all D.C. residents is a new low for this Hoyas program. So are they done or are they dead? I think you look at a, a team that's playing in, uh, in a major metropolitan city in the, the college landscape. It's tough to claw your way and be an attraction there. But I won't say they're dead because the history is there, Jordan Brand program, and a change is going to happen within the coaching staff, I'd imagine, in the, before the year is over, if not, then after the year is over. So I will call them done, not dead. Done, not dead. Um, I think you've got a chance to revive this thing if you get the right coach in there. I just don't know. I'll have to get someone on the show to ask where Georgetown ranks in terms of jobs in America. Like when Patrick Ewing took this job, it was probably a top 20 job. But now I wonder if it's even a top 50 job. But I will I will discuss that with someone who's certainly smarter than I am uh, down the road. All right, I do want to preview the, the big game tonight. And that is between Texas and Illinois. Um, this game being played at Madison Square Garden, six o'clock central time on ESPN. Illinois they are coming off that road loss to Maryland, but again, tough, tough game there because these, what you're going to notice, and there's a perfect trend of this as well for tonight too. When you look at Maryland and Wisconsin tonight, so this was a similar case between Illinois and Maryland on Friday. When you see small spreads and they flip, so in this case, Illinois was, I want to say, a one-and-a-half, maybe even two-point favorite against Maryland. But by the time the thing settled and the ball was tipped, the spread had flipped to Maryland being a one-and-a-half point favorite. And I think that's important because home teams in conference play, especially in the Big Ten, home teams in conference play, when you see those narrow spreads, the home team usually covers and wins outright. And I think we may have a similar situation on our hands tonight. Yep. So Maryland and Wisconsin tonight. Um, Maryland opened as a one-and-a-half point favorite. Now Wisconsin is a one-and-a-half point favorite. I would advise you to bet on Wisconsin in this game. This is a game that Wisconsin wins based on some of those trends when you see the the spread flip the way that it does. Anyway, getting back into the Texas and uh, Illinois matchup today, neutral floor. Texas is a team that cannot shoot the three ball. Illinois is a team that can be streaky with the three ball. I think you'll know early on whether or not Illinois is going to win this game. If Illinois hits a couple of threes early on, 
it is going to be over. However, the one thing that can keep Texas in this game is their ability to turn teams over. I mentioned Chris Beard, defensive-minded teams. This is a Texas team that turns you over 10th best defensive turnover rate in the country. Meanwhile, Illinois currently 260th in taking care of the basketball. I think this game is going to be won and lost on turnovers and three-point shooting. If Texas can find the stroke, maybe things get going. Like They're going to need Marcus Carr to have one of those games that he had against. Like Think about Minnesota Marcus Carr and some of the games he had against teams like Ohio State where he just ran them out of the gym, death by three-point ball. It could come down to who gets hotter in this game, Marcus Carr or Terrence Shannon. And that's going to be a fun one to watch between those two guards. Um, Coleman Hawkins, another guy who I'm looking for in this game. Texas is a team that doesn't have a lot of height. And we've seen this um, this Illinois team. You've got some height with Coleman Hawkins at six foot ten, and he can also facilitate and handle the basketball. And you've also got Dane Danger, who can clear out space down low and is an imposing force inside uh, to, to be a shot blocker, too. So I do think... This sort of favors Texas, but only slightly. I believe it's a three-and-a-half-point line right now. I think Illinois could cover that three-and-a-half, but I still like Texas to win because I think that the defense is going to travel more so than the three-point shooting. And if Illinois doesn't get a couple of early threes, they could get completely taken out of their game in this one. All right, last game that I'll bring to your attention here, and that is the Iowa and Duke game. That is also being played at Madison Square Garden tonight. Um, Duke right now is, I want to say, I'll say figuring some things out. Currently 8-2. and two, They got boat raced by Purdue, lost to Kansas, had a nice victory against Ohio State. Um, a win against uh, BC, nothing really to write home about. But this would be a sneaky good pickup for Duke if they can go neutral site and take down Iowa in this game. Um, I look at Duke, you're going to have to just run on this Iowa team right now because Iowa's defense, as has been the case in most years recently, is not good. And if Duke can take advantage of that, I'm looking at can they hit some threes? Um, can they get to the free throw line? Can they out-rebound? This is the real big thing for me. Second chance points, I think, could play a real factor in this one and get some easy looks down low. And that's something that you can certainly do against this Iowa team and with this Duke personnel when you've got two seven-footers with Derek Lively, number one player in the country as a freshman, and Kyle Filipowski, uh, number three player in the country this year. If those guys are getting second chance points, this thing's going to be over fairly early. Fairly early. Now, the one other thing is, can those second chance points be neutralized by Iowa not turning the ball over? They currently, the Hawkeyes, have the best turnover rate in all of college basketball right now. So if they can neutralize that, um, not give Duke those extra, like they're going to concede some second chance opportunities on the glass. No doubt about that. Duke's the second best offensive rebounding team in the country right now. And Iowa's not a great rebounding team. But if Iowa can get some of those possessions back by not turning the ball over, they'll have a chance in this one. But I still like Duke to go out and win this one. All right. That is going to do it for us here on this edition of Basketball U. I will be back with Brian Hanley getting you guys some picks 
for later on in the week. Um, we will break down. I've mentioned a couple of the good games this weekend, and we will break all those down and get you our picks for the weekend and recap anything else that may have happened during the college basketball week as well. So looking forward to doing all of that with you later on this week. Thursday or Friday, we'll have that one out for you. I'm Tyler Aki. Again, subscribe to this feed if you're not already. Tell your college hoops loving friends as well, and we'll talk to you later this week.